Welcome to Let's Not Be Lazy Filmmakers. In today's episode, we explore the career of Canadian director and animator Joyce Bornstein. Joyce is a charming, outgoing introvert. She began in independent animation in the 1970s, later joining the National Film Board of Canada in the 1980s. Some of her notable work includes the Oscar-nominated short documentary The Colors of My Father, a portrait of Sam Bornstein, from 1992. Her films express her dedication to being a true and uncompromising fine artist, while still making films with stories that are enjoyable and beautiful to hear and to see. Without further ado, here's Joyce. Uh, thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you for being with us. You just said Academy Award, and I'm like, Mike, Academy Award nomination, I'm like, mic drop. Okay, that's it. Podcast, <laughs> podcast over. Nomination. Um, there's so much uh, no one I wanted to talk about, but um, is there something that someone's never asked you that you've always wanted to sort of talk about related to your films, and you've always been like, ah, oh, I've wanted to answer that question, and nobody asked me that question, and is there something that you've always wanted um, to talk about? Well, I, um, from early on, uh, uh, I was very ambitious. Hmm. And at eight, I was going to become a um, neurosurgeon, like the most difficult of, <laughs> I was very ambitious and my parents uh, led me to believe that if I worked hard, I could do anything. And my mother in particular was a, a quiet, secret feminist, you know, she was old school, mother, wife, um, um, but very intelligent, uneducated, but very intelligent, and wanted her daughters to become professionals. Hmm. And I really um, took that ball and ran with it. And um, so, and they actually were, were, dis were discouraging in terms of me becoming an artist, because my father, who was an artist, suffered a lot mm -hmm. with, you know, pouring his heart and soul into his paintings and not getting recognition, not being able to sell, uh, you know, having to buy and sell antiques instead of paint. Like he could only paint part-time. Mm -hmm. So they, they wanted something more from, for their kids and, and, you know, that we should get educations and get a profession. And uh, so, but, I enrolled in music school, uh, classical piano performance at McGill. And in my third year, I was extremely shy. I decided, I saw National Film Board animations, Norman McLaren and Ryan Larkin. And um, uh, that, I had like a, a coup de foudre. I fell in mm. love with animation, left music in my third year Bachelor of Music and made up all the courses over the summer and enrolled in Bachelor of Arts where I could take film courses, st film studies courses and there were National Film Board films there and uh, at the, during the Christmas break in my fourth year I made a little animated film and because instead of writing a, a paper for my uh, film studies course I did a film they allowed that and I did an animated film where I shot it at Concordia because Concordia had equipment McGill didn't mm -hmm. 
and that became my paper for a fourth year film studies class. And from then, from there, I decided to go to the best animation school in the world. And in my research, I found California Institute of the Arts, which had been founded by Disney. Oh, cool. In California. Right. So I, cool. yeah, I, f I left home and... Uh, How long were you in California? For four, four uh, three years, 71 to 74. Did you come back? Yeah. You didn't, you didn't decide to go work for Disney or go... Oh, no, I, I, w I wanted to do fine art animation. Interesting. Like the National Film Board. And it's interesting because I had, I could draw and the animation program, there were two streams. You could do fine art, more abstract animation or Disney animation. And of course, Disney was funding the school. So they wanted students, good students to go into the Disney stream. And I was put into the Disney stream and I didn't want it. Hmm. And my teacher was disappointed. He was looking for Disney, good students for the Disney stream. Right. And I did um, a kind of experimental film. It was for a master's of fine arts. That seems like the opposite of what a lot of people do. You're just turning down the money and going into pure art. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to, uh, well, I, ha I had my father's right. influence yes. as a fine artist. I, I played classical piano. I was a serious person and Disney was like too commercial. <laughs> right. You can see that those those influences, the fine arts influences and the classical music in your in your work. Yeah. Significantly. That's true. Yeah. 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 I found myself the, the producer part of me was like, wait a minute, how are these things getting funded? Like going into the credits to see how you were yes. able to get because this is the this is the struggle, right? The the struggle yeah. of the artists and the filmmakers. How can you be uncompromising? Yes. Well the first few films, the National Film Board funded me completely and I had a nice little salary. Um, of course, I was always working 60 to 80 hours a week because, wow. yeah, I didn't have many friends. I was very shy. And this was like my anchor. My work was my anchor. I loved it. It was, uh, it was I was a loner and it suited me. And uh, it required a lot of work and that suited me because, um, I don't know, I, I uh, was always studious mm -hmm. and serious. And uh, that, but the other, since Colors of My Father, during find, finding funding for Colors of My Father wasn't easy, so I found Richard Elson. Do you know of him? He's a freelance producer, and he really worked very hard finding me funding for Colors of My Father. And we put to, he cobbled together National Film Board. Sodak and Telefilm. Mm, wow. So I had a real budget. That's great. And uh, I hired two assistants for a year. Um, of course, the film board covered the sound and the lab and the special effects. And uh, I guess Telefilm paid my salary. I don't know. I, he cobbled together a very good uh, budget. Colors of My Father, just for the listeners, is the Academy Award nominated film, short documentary by Joyce in 1992. Um, it's 29 minutes long. Yes. How many years did it take you to make that film? Uh, well, a lifetime of thinking. True. And then yes. a year to do the storyboard and a test. Wow. 
while Richard found put the money together. And then a year of work um, animating with my two assistants who did all the shading and coloring and I, I had an editor. So it was a small team that we worked for a year to get it all finished. It's a, be I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful love letter to your dad. It's yes. A, it's a gorgeous film and uh, it was very moving to watch. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And, and one could see it for free yeah. on the National Film Board website. You just Google the colors of my father, NFB streaming, and it takes you to, you can see it on your laptop, uh, on your tele, you know, connect your laptop to your television for a big screen, and there you have it. And um, they've done, I have sub several other of my films also streamed for free. Yeah, my, uh, my, your mother, your mother, my mother, the eight minutes. Colors Mother's Colors, 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 yeah. colors is there as well. Yeah. Um, as is um, um, as is uh, the Lita Moser film as well. Uh -huh. Lita, no, Lita Moser is, is, Lita Moser is still Lita Moser uh, password protected on Vimeo. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Lita we, Moser. You have to type in a password. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I I yeah. No. Well, once um, I the distribution. Film option. Yeah, film option has it for I think another year. And then I'll be, I'll let it open for uh, for people who want to see it. I'll I won't charge. We'll uh, we'll provide the links at the bottom of the of the we podcast sure will, yeah. for the for the listeners to, to see yes. it as well. Okay. Yeah. And uh, um, so after Colors of My Father, I wait, went wait, out wait, on I my just, own and I. Hang on a sec. What's yeah. so, Colors of My Father? What what was it like to be to receive that nomination and what kind of doors did it open for you? Oh, it was very exciting for me. <laughs> like all the years of work, uh, you know, um, paid off. Uh, even though like Hollywood isn't the be all and end all, it was just, it's, it's a great pat on the back to be able to go to the Oscars and even just getting nominated is a big honor. And I thought I was making a home movie on my family, and lo and behold, it won all these prizes, and um, mm. and I got sent to Hollywood with my producers, and uh, yeah. yeah, I saw Denzel Washington oh, nice. in person, and it was uh, Al Pacino won won that year for Scent of a Woman. Mm -hmm. It was very exciting. Did you feel, I mean, your dad passed away in 69, I believe. Yes. Um, did you feel when you received, it's quite a high, I mean, it's not a be-all, end-all, but it's a, it's a significant honor to be nominated. Did you feel there was a validation of the work that, I mean, becoming an artist and a filmmaker, that maybe your mom or your dad said, well, this is not the profession maybe that you should pursue, and then suddenly having this really amazing uh, nomination honor, and then, like, and then it's also about that, about your dad. Mm -hmm. Did you feel that it was kind of something that was a validation? Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, I was uh, very surprised. And I, I've i always not been very good at promoting myself as a shy person. And so this helped. Mm -hmm. It opened doors. I got, um, after that, I got two Canada Council grants mm -hmm. um, and a small CALC grant. So after Colors of My Father, I was out on my own. I, I couldn't get more money from the film board, but I got grants from Canada Council, Calc. Uh, I, for my, set, my next film, which was One Divided by Two, which is a film on divorce, 
for my parents and children. Um, for that, I was my own producer, and I, I got money from Sodec, and, uh, and the film board also helped with um, inside money, like produ mm. production money. And, um, and then, what did I do? Oh, then I, I've done like little bits on other people's documentary. Like I, I did um, a, a little sequence with uh, Père Noël, Santa Claus, uh, for no Martin Duckworth's film. Uh, and the film is called Cher Père Noël. Beautiful film. Unfortunately, at this point, it's still only in French. Uh, and, and I did like small bits for other people's documentary. I did something for Josh Freed, and uh, um, yeah. Um, so now, where are we? Where are you still available to uh, to be? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. We'll, oh yeah, but if we'll, I we'll be in touch. Okay. <laughs> okay. We we tried to do some animation, but I don't know. Yeah. Oh my God! It's your stuff is just stunning. It's just so we'll be oh. in touch. So well, I'm. <laughs> you know, once you've developed the skill, you don't lose it. Okay, well, we'll be in touch. Beyond, and beyond. like I, I, modesty aside, I can draw and animate anything. Hmm. Like I'm very, you know, That's very, clear. I'm very skilled. It's clear. And uh, the thing is, I've um, so after because of my father, I did one divided by two. Then I did Mother's Colors, which was my first film that I did um, uh, with the computer. That's okay. that's also available. Just before, also available for viewers to, for listeners to watch. It was made in twenty eleven, and it's also available on the NFB website. Yes, and uh, the film board from after Colors of My Father, I got much less funding from the film board because they were cut back, and they were giving funding more to young people. Mm. And um, okay. I don't know. I never networked very well either. So. Yeah. Over makes, the years, that makes three of us. Well, I don't know. You're, you're much better than I am. Yeah. Over the years, I I guess I got forgotten by the film board. Yeah. And uh, but once you're equipped with the computers and the knowledge of the software, you really can have a national film board on your desktop, which is amazing for auteur animators mm. and auteur filmmakers. If you can. I mean, you still need to pay the rent and buy the food. It's so you do need some money coming in, but but in terms of you don't need a huge infrastructure any longer to make a film. You need a, a computer, a powerful computer with good apps, good software, mm -hmm. and you can learn the software with all these amazing tutorials online. You know, if you have a question about Final Cut Pro, you just Google it. Google your question, and lo and behold, there is your 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 um, learning yeah. learning tutorial. That's how a lot of people learn, and they come up in the business. And I wonder if you feel like there's it's getting a little bit crowded because people are are doing that. I don't know. I no, I don't. I feel like uh, the door is open to it's democratic at last. Mm -hmm. Like you really don't have to network and be sociable and bullshit your way up. You can learn right. the software and you know the sky's the limit, your imagination. There's no gatekeepers. Right. 
Right, it's it's really a boon because and, and like from I've been working finished school in seventy six Cal Arts. I got my master's in seventy four. Sorry, so from seventy four to about ninety two, I was glued to the film board. I needed them, um, but then uh, still in the nineties, I got some extra and from others colors. I got some money too from the film board, um, and even for Lita Moser, I got. Mix. I got my mix mm -hmm. from the film board and my post-production. But Mother's Colors, uh, Lita Mo and Lita Moser and other little pieces of animation were all done in my home studio with my little computer and, uh, you know, the, the software I used for compositing is, uh, it was called uh, Toon Boom. Okay, really? Yeah. Okay, I've heard of this. Yeah. And Photoshop mm -hmm. and Final Cut Pro. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, I made a fancy looking film, Lita Moser, a photographer. Mm -hmm. It's very elegant looking. And uh, I, I did that here at home. Really? In very, my, very, in my very slippers. Pretty black and white films. In my slippers and the, you know, jogging pants. That's, and I, <laughs> That's amazing. It's yeah. a beautiful, yeah, it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful film. The, uh, the parallax effects, the motion. Oh, yeah. The 3D yeah. photos, how you brought her photos. He says, okay, not 3D, 2.5. I called it 2.5D. 2.5D to be able to bring the image. Yeah. The, well, know, I see now on your iPhone, you can, it does it automatically. Yeah, you, it outlines and cuts out the yeah. stuff for you. Yeah. I had to, like, with the magic wand, yeah. put step the by time step. into Click, it. click, click. Yeah. yeah. But for, for not the, complaining. For the viewer, for the listener again, uh, the Lita Moser mm -hmm. uh, Black. Odyssey in Black and White. Yes. Uh, done in 2017. Not available yet, but you can still purchase it via the Film Option Distributor, and it's also a must-watch uh, documentary. It's and there's a trailer online that you yeah, can watch. It's another extraordinary film by uh, by Joyce. A great and film. All my films, by the way, are in English and French. I've okay. done two versions. So. Do you narrate in French too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Over the years, I've become bilingual. Wonderful. And, um... So I wanted to just go back for a second and ask um, the difference, because you had mentioned computers when you had done Mother's Colors, the difference between the animation techniques of uh, Colors of, of My Father and Mother's, Mother's Colors, those two films, which are um, uh, 20 years apart, 19 years apart. Can you talk a little bit about the making of process of those two films? Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Um... Well, with Mother's Colors, it was a bigger struggle in terms of uh, the computer work because I'd never done computer animation before. So I had to learn from scratch. And it was a little scary, you know, not knowing, uh, can I do this? And mm -hmm. um, um, But then with Lita Moser, the computer becomes like a pencil and paper, you know, and, and a Steenbeck editing machine. and. It's really uh, liberating and great fun, um, and um, yeah. Well, also very different f types of film. Mother's Colors is a kind of fiction, uh, fantasy type film, and I I sculpted the characters and then mm -hmm. photographed them on my with the camera. They became two D cutouts fed them into the computer, and uh, backgrounds 
also done that way uh, also uh, and with Photoshop was like essential uh, for Mother's Colors uh, as well as Toon Boom mm -hmm. and the same for Lita Moser but with Lita Moser I was working with a documentary soundtrack and uh, documentary photos Lita, Lita Moser's photos right. and uh, so there um, again I used I used sort of the cutout technique for the photos um, and I drew, uh, I did a lot of animation, just pencil on paper, mm -hmm. line, uh, black and white pencil on paper, connecting the photos. Uh, when you draw, do you draw right onto the computer or do you No, I do, I on? was drawing on paper. Okay. Yeah, eight and a half by eleven, uh, print, you know, paper. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I could have used a Wacom tablet, like a but I, I never I didn't get into that I kind of wanted to uh, my idea was um, you know to combine like the old with the new and mm -hmm. also I think if I'd have had to look into the computer 10 hours a day for four years it would have been hard on my eyes yeah this way uh, two and a half of the years I was drawing pencil on paper in the old tradition and that's mm -hmm. easier on your eyes yeah and you get a little bit more feedback from the texture of the paper and stuff like that it's, yeah it's I nice... and that's what I learned that's how I was, I was schooled uh, and so why not you know it's yeah uh... <laughs> how long did it take you to make uh, mother's colors and uh, and uh, the mother's color mother's colors took a, a, about a year Half a year to find. I got a Bravo Fact grant, which kickstarted it. You know Honey Dresser, don't you? I do. Yes. Why was she I part she, of? I think she's part of. Well, she was part of Bravo Fact, wasn't she? Or something. Oh no, I do, oh. I didn't go through her. I went oh. through Judy Gladstone. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I don't, I don't, think, Bravo, I don't think Bravo Fact exists anymore. No, it doesn't. Uh, and they wanted a six-minute film, and I gave them an eight-minute film, yeah. and they wouldn't. They said, "Okay, we're not giving you giving you your twenty thousand dollars." So I cut out the whole first part to get my because I needed my twenty thousand dollars. Of course, these commissioning producers. I know. Like, uh, I can tell the listeners as a warning: to when you're making auteur animation, you can't really earn proper money. Like you can earn bits and pieces. Um, so I went into teaching. In 1984, I started part-time at Concordia, and I did that for 25 years, and that was a wonderful job. Really? Why? I I was fearful at the mm -hmm. beginning, and uh, because I was so shy, and it was hard for me to, you know, get up and talk and direct people. And but little by little, I overcame that. Be it was kind of like therapy for me mm -hmm. to go in there and do that once or twice a week. And I, I, made, I made wonderful friends. Right. And so it was therapeutic. I made friends and it helped me to um, verbalize why I made films, how I made films. You know, it, it really um, taught me as I was teaching the students, I was learning. Oops, sorry, I shouldn't okay. be touching the mic. 
Were, um, you, were you like a, a more, teaching them more hands-on stuff or more the yeah. theory or okay? Yeah, I was. Te yeah, it was pr a practical course. Okay. Um, in animation. In animation, okay. for I, I did mainly first-year animation, and uh, uh, for twenty-five years, and in every class there were two or three amazing, brilliant students, right. and a few the opposite, not so good. A few they, that would have to work a lot harder, probably. But they didn't. They It's mm. mainly laziness. Oh, okay. They didn't realize that animation was so work-intensive. Right. Um, and then, yeah, and just it was a very lovely, I have lovely, lovely memories of that. Did you, anybody that you mentored that became... Oh, yeah. Like, well-known Oh, yeah. Um, let me think. Well... Uh, Shira Avni yes. became. Yeah, she's do you teaching. Know her? She's teaching there now. I think. She right? is a professor. Uh, yeah, I've met Shira in the past. Yeah. I've met Shira. Yeah. Celia Sawadago was an early student of mine. Um, uh, let me think. Uh, well, there's Jean Teberge who teaches part time there, technical stuff. There's a lot of the students went on to either go into education in animation mm -hmm. or doing films at the film board um uh yeah so you would recommend or <coughs> like i know uh mm -hmm. recently ca came to mind that i i realized that peggy arell was like a first a, a top animator on guillaume del toro's film pinocchio she wow. went over i think to was it shot in england or spain Anyway, she became a top animator there. Uh, so yeah, um, Concordia Animation is a, a thriving, excellent uh, school, art school for animation. We'll both, as both alumni of Concordia, we'll, we'll back that up. What did you, you graduated in when Concordia? Don't know, uh, theological studies. At Concordia? Yeah. Oh. Okay, okay, ridiculous. Specializing in, are you in Judaism? Uh, no, I'm, I'm Christian, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. How interesting. That's ph philosophy, isn't it? Like, yeah, it is. It's um, before philosophy was philosophy, there was theology, so. I well, see. You know, and so history of, as well, history, philosophy. Yes, a lot of history, a lot of stuff like that. So, mm. but uh, yeah, Concordia was a great school because they let you, um, they let you out of your department into all the other departments to, yeah, to I, get a little bit of yeah, everything. I had the same so, experience. So that was really great. I should me. have been taking Joyce's course, but I was trying, yeah. to, trying to be a playwright. Um, oh no, that's fascinating too to be a playwright. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Are you, but now you're making films. <laughs> oh, yes. I secretly write plays that I haven't, maybe no will produce my plays at some point. I'd love to get into doing interactive, like, theater and documentary, which leads me to my next question to you, because <laughs> this is about you. Um, how did you end up marrying animation and documentary? Mm. Uh, well, Colors of My Father got me started on that route. But the genesis, there's a story behind before, was it, was it that, oh, okay, because you wanted to talk about Because it was a good story. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, mm. But there, there were uh, examples uh, of excellent animated documentaries mm. that inspired me, such as there was this film, The Sinking of the Lusitania, which is an early film by uh, Bartosz. Way back, I saw it at the Cinematheque once one night, and uh, um, this was done in like the 19th, it was silent film, 1920s. Hmm. Uh, 
the, George Gerson, Gerson at the National Film Board, a staffer, was doing interesting animated documentaries. He did one on the prisons. He went to uh, the uh, you know prisons and interviewed wow. um, prisoners. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, let's see if there's any others that influenced me. I was one of the early people to do as well. I'm not the starter of it, but mm. I, I uh, um, more recently, after Colors of My Father, it really, that whole uh, direction took off, and there are uh, quite a few wonderful feature uh, documentaries that are animation. Yeah, it's becoming, it's becoming uh, a much more regular Yeah, it's a genre, genre in itself. Now. But it was super, super fascinating. Uh, I think I speak on behalf of Noah as well, to, uh, watching your films and seeing how you come to the, the docu from, to documentary from an animation perspective, whereas yeah. we come to it from the, you know, the, the documentary archive interviewer perspective, yeah. and then think about ways to sort of reenact things that we can't create. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really super neat to watch it yeah. from, from, the, from a, a painter and a fine arts perspective. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of jealous. I have a lot yeah. of admiration for um, no, no more like following somebody around for three days to get nothing. You know, I was I was thinking. I have well, to, so. but I, I was thinking we had we just did, we did a film uh, called uh, anyway we did a film about uh, Return of the Love Rabbi, which was a follow up to my film Kosher Love, the documentary, <laughs> and we couldn't. We had very difficult difficulties with one of our participants, and we just we had no. We had no B-roll. There was nothing, which just oh. wasn't. Doesn't. And we did have some animation yeah, we did, you did, because we couldn't get the shot. We couldn't get anything. We couldn't. We she was just unavailable. Like we had film for like a year, and then decided she decided she wanted yeah. to drop out of the project. So we had to finish this film. So no, I think like over a weekend. I went in my clear. garage. I got some lights, and we got <laughs> I got some dollar store clay, and we animated this you little some, scene. We did some claymation, and CBC's like, yeah. "Wow, this is wow, this is really wow." But they like animation, I guess. Like it was anyway. It was very funny. So when I watched the genius of your work, um, I'm like, wow, I wanna, we're going to work with Joyce. We're going to somehow figure a way to, yeah. to bribe Joyce to work with us in the future. Oh, okay. Uh, no, our, no more emergency please. garage. No animation. more emergency garage claymation, which yeah. was good. It was okay. I got the job done. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to see it. Sure. Available on available on Gem. You can That's watch true, it on yeah. CBC's plat, digital platform, Gem. Okay. Yeah. Does one have to subscribe and pay? Uh, no, I think you can just, no. You can pay to get the commercials removed. Yes. Otherwise, we'll give you, we'll give you, you yeah, we'll give me you, the titles. We'll, we'll give you the link. We'll give you a link we can watch it. We don't want okay. you watching commercials. Okay. That's Life, life's too short. Um, um, yeah. Had to, yeah had to, Where were we? <laughs> Sorry, George. Um, we got really excited about... Um, Animation, animation and documentary. Yeah. Do you have right. any? Who are your influences? Well, early on, it was Norman McLaren and Ryan Larkin's Walking, which is kind of a documentary on people walking. Hmm. Um, and, and then I got into the whole film board uh, atmosphere, and there was George Gertson there doing uh, animation and documentary. Um, hmm. Um, yeah. do, you have, do you have a fav do you have favorite film? I mean, you mentioned some films that you were influenced. Oh, by. other it could be anything. Uh, films that you. Frederick loved. Back is a big influence on me. I love. You see, I like films, including animated films that have a story. Uh, whereas you know, there's a whole movement of abstract animation, like following Norman McLaren. But personally, I I prefer if they were a story, so mm. that 
the uh, like my whole brain is engaged, not just the visual, sensual, hmm. emotional part. You know, that's a bit of an indictment on. Uh, no. 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 Uh, you know, each person has his tastes, and so Frederick Bach, who does amazing, be beautiful animation, there's always a good story hmm. in his films. So I like his work not only visually but for the subject matter, the stories that he tells, like the film Crack and the Mighty River on the St. Lawrence, uh, the St. Lawrence, and um, mm -hmm. the, uh, those two films are big cool. time we'll favorites. Have to, we'll have to add those in the links too. We're gonna have a lot of, uh, a lot of links. I'm not sure if the CBC gives them away. Maybe they do well, by now. Maybe we'll yeah. find out. I guess. Do you have any uh, classic documentary filmmakers? The Man Who Planted Trees is another of his brilliant films. Mm, Three brilliant film. films. It's a great mm. film. Yeah. Do you have any uh, classic doc filmmakers that you've been inspired by, or films in particular that you've loved over the years? Um, gee. Uh, n you mean not necessarily? Oh, animation. well. Yeah, no, but I, one that is animation that comes to mind, I loved. Um, Marion Satrapi, who did uh, her, her childhood in Iran, and her family was against the, uh, the regime of the Ayatollah, and so she made a film. Um, yeah, I can't remember the title. Oh, Persop did you? is it Persopolis? Persopolis. Persepolis. 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 Persia and Polis, the right. city of Persia. Yeah, yeah that, I takes saw place that in Tehran. It's very good. Very good. Were you recruited by uh, the NFP to work on heavy metal in 1981? No. Okay. No, but I knew people who worked on it, okay. and I knew Jerry Potterton. Okay. Yeah. And um, I knew a, a lot of those people. Works. Evan has a film about heavy metal in the works for about how many years now? I've, I've tried, we're in a crowdfund, and I've had a film on. on on heavy metal for about 14 years. I so you interviewed Jerry Potter. Too. I interviewed Jerry many times. Yeah. What a what a yeah. nice person. And we were supposed to interesting. Go, yeah, we were supposed to go back thi this summer that just passed, and he like I was in touch with him like a week and a half before he passed away. Ah. So I've had a really difficult time making this film because Sony's blocked the archives on it. It's, I, I've shot about 30 percent of it. I ha initially had a grant from uh, the Sci-Fi Channel years ago when it existed. And I wanted to make a film because I thought it was just just such a crazy story that Jerry was like directing this film, which is like unlike anything he ever. And the and the and the, the giants of filmmaking that came out of uh, out of that project. Yeah. You know, Dan O'Bannon and and and, um, and John Bruno and just from different 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 cities around the around the country and and the U.S. as well. So anyway, I just was wondering because there were so many animators working on that film at the NFB that maybe that you had been recruited to. To work on it. No, this was like earlier in my career. Uh, like I got to the film board in '75. So, and I was very, very shy. Okay. I basically like was a hidden, secret person. <laughs> you know. Uh, so I, I didn't go to the parties. Right. And I want to ask you though. Do you feel like um, I was you, you, very unknown? You've been in the NFB community and you've been in the Concordia community. Do you find like that those communities were really ex accelerated your art or, or or helped you to do it? And, oh, and just as in, not as the money money aside, just yes. the, commu the communities. More Concordia. Okay. Yeah. It was, it's you just because to be in the milieu. The film board um, 
like I was always freelance, mm -hmm. and I would do a film for one, would take one year, and then I'd be out for four years, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So Concordia became more, more, more my stable job that I, you know, once I got in there, I stayed for 25 years, mm -hmm. and uh, it was stable money, and it was also my social network. Right. That's what I was curious about, because I find that sometimes when you're an introvert, you end up working alone for a long time, long periods of time, and you don't have that encouragement that you get from being part of an artist community. Right. And when I stopped teaching, I realized, oh my God, like, you know, I, I was very lonely. Yeah. Because... Uh, I was living and working in one apartment mm -hmm. and luckily my husband is very sociable and he would drag me to things. So I, I um, became friends with lots of lawyers because my husband's <laughs> a lawyer <laughs> and I've kind of, my animation friends, well a lot of them aren't that sociable either so I, right. I've lost touch and now there's Facebook so right. I do keep a little bit more in touch you can have as much of somebody as you want and no more over Facebook yeah so. yeah and uh, I'm I mean the way I did animation um, you have to be a loner right yeah yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's amazing. It's really it, watching your films is very different than some of the stuff that that I've done that Noah and I have done. Mm -hmm. uh, it just feels extremely innovative and intimate. Oh, thank and you. You're very welcome. Yes. And, and and you're not you don't see you're not restrained by commissioning producers. I mean, you, the Bravo Fact story aside, um, I, it's just it's it's. How did you come to like eight minutes or twenty nine minutes or twenty? How did you come to this this these time, the length of time for your films, how did you decide on those times? Is it just whatever I, whatever it is, it is? Or? Well, for Colors of My Father, it was pre-sold to Vision TV and they wanted half an hour. Okay. okay. Um, for Mother's Colors, it just grew into an eight-minute film, even though I knew they wanted six minutes. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping that they'd take the eight minutes, but they didn't. So the six-minute version isn't as good. But that's what I'm living with, and I, you know, that's what's on their website, if there is a website. But on the mm -hmm. film board it's website, minutes. it's the eight minutes. Yeah. And Lita Moser? How did... Lita Moser, um, again, I pre-sold it to Art TV. Hmm. Uh, um, and uh, that was a 26-minute slot. And, and I, you know, I knew... That, that's what, that was kind of what they wanted, and it fell into place that way. Yeah. Aside from the... And the Lita Moser film, there were many ways to go with it, and I decided to make it intimate and personal. Mm -hmm. I, di I certainly didn't have to, because there was lots of, you know, options. And, but I decided that's what I know the most, and that's what the kind of film I want to make and, mm -hmm. you know, to be personal and intimate, so. All, all three of the films you sent us that we watched were, they're very personal films. Yeah, highly, highly personal. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and I, you mentioned that you're introverted and you're very shy, so I'd like to ask you, um, so the, those, the first two films are, they're, it's your family, so I, I would say that it's a little bit about your mom, the mother's colors, yeah. and aging, and 
Um, so you don't really have to, you just, you're working with, uh, with kind of an inner landscape, but you're just working with emotionally, something intensely personal. But making docs, as you know, also requires, if you have participants, there's this outreach element to it, right? And then gaining access. And so where do you, how did, how did that work with, did you know, you knew Lita? Yeah, so that, that how Lita you... came to me, as I say in the movie, Right. found me because I'd done Colors of My Father through, through telephone, broken telephone, found me called me up cold from New York City and said, oh, I want you to make a movie on me, this old lady. At the time she was 72 or something, not that old, now that I'm older. Uh, but I, I thought she was an old lady. And, uh, and I loved the photos. When, once I saw the photos, I realized she, th this, it, th these photos are like, historically brilliant, mm -hmm. artistically brilliant and historically so important. And here's this woman who's very articulate and has a great memory of that time. And there was, there's a love story woven in. So, but it did take me from when I met her in 1993 or 1992 to when I actually had the funding, which was 2014 when Canada Council came 22 in. years. Yeah, it took wow. me that long to find funding. I and I would have the film the film board didn't want that film. I couldn't get good funding until the Canada Council came in and then Calca came in and then the film board came in with the post production. So funding was difficult for that film. Hmm. Um and um yeah. So, what was the question? No, so, so, Lita, so it's like I'm going to make a movie on you. So, for years and years, did you just sort of do little bits, or did you be like, okay, Lita, I'll get back to you? Uh, when I get well, in get 2008, I realized she was 88 years old. She mm -hmm. was going to die if I didn't record her. So, I, for the, I had no real experience in live action recording, uh, but I borrowed a camera from Concordia, and I did my first interview with her in 2008. Then I went back in 2009, and for the third time I went back in 2010. So I had, for, from three years, she died in two, by the 2010 her mind was going. I knew it was the last time. Right. And uh, so I had, from, for three years, uh, uh, recordings, I had four hours of recording picture and sound. Mm -hmm. And my first, the technical parts of my first year the recording in the in 2008 were very poor, but I had an amazing technical sound person and mixer, two different guys who fixed it up, nice. who cleaned it up, and were able to salvage horrible shooting mm -hmm. and uh, recording. It's, it's such an exceptional collage that film. Of, that's uh, that's amazing that it took so long. But it did she? So did she? She didn't get to see the. She didn't get to see the finished product. film. Did any of her family get to see it? Yes, her okay. nephew and her, her great cousin and, uh, yeah, the younger generation saw it, and uh, I was thinking, and I may still, do, a larger film with it because hmm. I could use, the that hat that twenty six minute. And cut it in with her later, her other works, right. and tell her biography. And I have interviewed someone who, in Atlanta, Georgia, who roomed with her for two years. A wonderful interview with her about Lita in the 1980s as a kind of mother 
uh, landlady for her. And, uh, and Lita was a very eccentric person with all kinds of funny stories attached to her. And I, ha I have it on tape, some of it. And then I, I recorded some other people talking about her. But I've taken a five-year um, break from filmmaking. Wow. Five years. Finished in 2018. Wow. And I haven't done film in... That was my next that. question. What's next? What's next? Why did well, you take that break? Oh, I needed a break. There was things in my personal life and... Yeah, um, mainly things in my personal life. Um, and Lita Moser, the film, wasn't as well received as I thought it should be or could be. Um, so there was that too, hmm. you know. Uh, um, and uh, But during that five years, I um, kind of figured out my next phase of life. And I've, I'm raring to go now. I've written a memoir. Wow. And basically the theme, the overall theme is overcoming shyness. Uh, so I have lots of stories. You're going to, so you'll, you'll animate, you'll tell an autobiographical... Well, I'm going to make it, I've written it. Now I'm doing a new graphic novel with it, wow. which is a, a storyboard for a film. And you make a... And I may end up doing a film with it. That's exciting. Animated. That's great. That's exciting. And that's, and that's something I think a lot of artists will identify with. Yeah. I, um, I mean, on the outside looking in, you wouldn't think I'd had an interesting life, but I have had an interesting... Because I grew up with very eccentric parents, very, very eccentric brother and sister. Um, and I, 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 over the years, built up a very rich inner life because I... I wasn't out there like hanging out and mm -hmm. chatting. I was. <laughs> Chris, what do you mean by eccentric? Give us a, what do you mean by eccentric? Um, well, both my parents grew up in ultra orthodox Jewish uh, situations. And at 14, my mother decided she preferred Buddhism. She came from a Hasidic family. She just Not like, Hasidic, but just like ortho, like Orthodox. Like a, yeah. like she wanted to be so there artist. was that going. My mother was a very deep person and an eccentric, that's a quiet eccentric. At that time, that's quite remarkable that she yeah, wanted to Yeah, she be was Buddhist. born in 1912. She wanted so. to be Buddhist in 1926. Yeah. Yes. Or 19... Yeah. yeah. And so there's a whole story about that. And then when she met my father... He thought that was great. My, he thought that was great. He'd, he'd given up religion when he found painting. Hmm. And he started to buy her Buddhas. <laughs> Instead of flowers and chocolates for Valentine's, she got Buddhas. So That's I great. had, so there was that. And <laughs> That's great. They were, my mother, my parents loved each other, and like deeply. And... And they each had their own way, you know, like my mother, what my, but neither parents of my parents were materialistic, mm -hmm. but my mother kind of was my father's producer. She, cause we did need money to pay the mortgage and buy the food and buy gas for the car. But you don't come off as being shy. No, I've overcome it. Okay. How did you overcome your shyness? Or is that a secret? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, well, 
I, I didn't like being, like, I was a feminist, you know. I wanted to be out in the real world, earning my own money, uh, you, you know, because mm -hmm. I felt I was capable enough to do all of that. And why shouldn't I? And um, so teaching was a big, big door opener for me to, mm. to um, learn the fact that I can talk to anyone, with any, to anyone. I can, you know, I had a rich dialogue going on within my mind. I just learned how to talk it out right. loud. Hmm. And um, so teaching was amazing for me. And I, I remember I, I kind of used Pavlov's dog where I, um, you know, I'd be actually frightened to go into a party uh, with many people. Mm -hmm. And especially filmmakers because they meant something to me. Right. And uh, I would force myself how, in uh, there. And how did you reward yourself? Like Pavlov's dog. Oh, I didn't. I didn't become an alcoholic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew better. Yeah. So no, how did I reward myself? Well, because I, it, was, it was behavioral conditioning, right? Yeah. So. Um. Just, you know, I would stay two, three hours, um, and uh, just the fact that I'd done it. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. And I was okay. grieving, and the fact that she was smiling and interacting was yeah, the and, and was like the reward. It, 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 <laughs> I think one of the rewards is I realized people Survival. really liked me. Oh. Men liked me, and right. you know, there were rewards. Yeah, you, the dis you discovered that you were charming and funny, yeah. and yep. yeah, and good looking enough, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's great. Yeah. Julie, just to backtrack, I wanted to ask, um, did you find, because you're, you're ahead of your time, you're really a, a pioneer, did you find that uh, the film board was uh, supportive of a animator, illustrator who happened to be a woman? Oh, the film board was big on helping. There were a lot of talented women, in the, and it turns out that the film board gave lots of talented women a, f a first break and a second cool. break, you know, to make films. And there's a there's um, many uh, wonderful Canadian uh, film animators, auteur animators who are women, because the film board encouraged them and helped them. Yeah. Do you have? I mean, you were a teacher for twenty five years, and you sort of gave us a bit of advice earlier that be prepared to be poor if you do auteur driven animation. Yeah, that is, was like a oh <laughs> moment for, for us. <laughs> is there because you know there's, there's the element of all of this? Uh, artists yeah. have to be entrepreneurial to some extent, right? Uh, yeah. So what is what is your what has been your message that to young to younger to younger artists and filmmakers? And and I just want to say my, persistence. My daughter. Uh, wants to be an artist uh -oh. so this is a personal question too so how do you how do you get into it and how do you succeed persistence persistence and optimism I had a lot of optimism uh, and uh, good work habits and um, I guess I don't know well I had my parents as they were very good examples mm -hmm. your dad my father who zeroed in on my mother and proposed to her after two weeks. He knew she was the perfect wife. Right. And and she was. 
And uh, so I had good examples in my parents. And, you know, I, I'm their daughter. Yeah. I'm kind of a combination of my mother and father. You, did you grow up in Utremont? No, Cote Saint Luc. You grew up in Cote Saint Luc? Yeah. Was that, so this is kind of a, a little bit unusual at that time to grow up in Cote Saint Luc? Yes, it, it, it consolidated my feelings of outsiderness because hmm. a lot of the Cote Saint Luc crowd were materialistic and, uh, you know, into looking beautiful and. I don't know. They, they, I wasn't uh, a popular kid in Cote really? Saint Luke. Hmm. I was too different. Yeah, you're interested in art and yeah, and music. Yeah. This was not. This is this is kind of frowned upon. In the, not that it's frowned upon in the Jewish community, but, but it's so, not practical. It's not practical. You weren't right. a lawyer. You weren't a doctor. You weren't no. an accountant. It wasn't. No. So, it wasn't commercial enough, basically. Right. Yeah. On the other hand, I married a lawyer, right. but he's not a materialistic. Uh, he's not like the nasty type of materialistic lawyer at all. He's a kind of intellectual lawyer. He must be very supportive of your work too. Very. And knows how yeah. to protect your, your copyrights. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> he's not great in that area, yeah. No, he's not perfect. <laughs> the husband is not perfect. That's really nice though to have somebody supportive like that. Yes. In your, in your life. Yes. Uh, yeah. And your art. I didn't do badly. I'm supportive of your art, of course. Yes. Yeah, he, he admires me. That's what I me. mean, yeah. So, well. Did we, Joyce, is there something we didn't cover that you wanted to talk about? This has been great, but maybe there's things you want that we didn't, because it's been a little bit all over I, the I place. also just want to point out for the listeners that we're in a room that is, we're completely surrounded by paintings. Are these all your father's? And yes. Some of them appeared in the film, I think. Yes. This so. is the official... Sam Bornstein Museum. Okay. Yes. Or the unofficial. Um, it's not on the map. They're, they're, you know, you, you see them on the screen, but when you see them in real life, you realize how textured and colorful exactly. they are. Beautiful it doesn't come across all, completely no, on the screen. No, good point. So yeah. I just want to point that out. So we'll, we'll let the viewers know where Joyce lives and you can come in. Yeah. <laughs> come well, on, her door. Joking. okay, Joyce, please. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the hordes no, banging my door down. It is down. the official museum, you know. Yeah, no. no. Was your mom an artist too? Um, she was more of a crafts person. Okay. And, but I mean, in Mother's Colors, she's painting a yeah, picture. Yeah, that's why I was But she that. actually never actually painted. She did mosaic, mm -hmm. stained glass windows. Uh, she did um, quilts. She made dolls. She ha she was artistic, but right. she was very um, in the shadows of my father and never right. considered herself an artist. They must have been quite proud of you, I would think. Uh, well, my father died. I was in I was Late in my 20s. teens, so yeah. he didn't <clears throat> see what I became. But I was a pianist, and he thought I'd become a pianist, and was proud of that. And my mother was very proud, mm -hmm. and uh, well, my mother loved all her children. With, there's there's three of us, mm -hmm. and but at the end, the last few years, I looked after her because I'm the only one in Montreal. Mm -hmm. So I'm very proud. Actually, I'm glad it's being recorded that I could take care of my mother and become like her mother. And uh, you know, I was 24/7. I was her kind of nurse because she was really infirm. Mm -hmm. 
And in fact, she lived in this apartment with us. We had two apartments going okay. across the hall and this apartment. That's something that's, that's very hard, but also very beautiful. Yes. Gratifying. Yes. And uh, luckily, this apartment, we were living across the hall, Peter and I. And that's the apartment his father uh, signed the lease for years before. And, uh, and then when my mother became so ill, Peter said, and this apartment came free just at the right moment. Can you imagine? Like God was protecting her. Hmm. And not that I'm so religious, but I feel like there was divine intervention. For, my mother was such a good person, and she deserved divine intervention. <laughs> and the, the apartment came free, and Peter said, grab it for your mother. Was she, was she interested in Buddhism like for a long period? Was this just an early phase, or was it something that she actually... Well, she never... Um, she read okay. and practiced it quietly. She never, uh, uh, as, you know, didn't teach us about it. She just used uh, the philosophy mm. as her way of life. And she, um, she I see her as a, a kind of holy person by all the things she did in her life. She was um, uh, a great altruist, a great altruist, and just very wise, you know, and it, it often contradicted uh, being successful in the film world. You know, she'd give me advice on how to handle this person and how to, and it really contradicted getting ahead in the film world. So um, I couldn't, didn't, I often didn't listen to what she told me, but in hindsight, I see, you know, she was kind of like, uh, when water meets a rock, it flows around it. It doesn't destroy it. It can't. It's, it's, hmm. and, uh, but little by little, it does erode the rock or it pushes it out to the sea so it can move unobstructed. So that was my mother. She was water and people in the film world were rocks. <laughs> And um, it requires a lot of patience to be water. Oh yes, and yes. and uh, it's painful sometimes. Uh, it could. Well, uh, I found uh, I had some very nasty experiences in the film oh. with with certain film people. Mm. Oh yes, that's a disappointments, big disappointments. It seems to attract a lot of very strange. Yeah. People. Well, yeah, like, yeah. This would be, we could have a therapy session about this. Okay, yes. we could share well, war stories. We'll turn off the mics before you guys yeah, name yeah. any names. Yeah, so. yeah. no, no. <laughs> um, Joyce, I wanted to ask, I, I, again, I'm coming back to this, how you make the process of making your films. Um, do you think about it from an animator's perspective first? Because I, I, before I became a filmmaker, I didn't really want to be, I wanted to be, a, I was a playwright, and I sort of started working at IMAX by accident with a, a friend of mine who hired me. But, and then I developed an appreciation for documentary, but I also worked for the Show Foundation as an archivist. Oh. So I was classically trained as an interviewer. And, um, and so for years, it was not a visual thing. It was like, it was a content thing for me. It was about what people were saying. It was only after a few films that I began to understand the value, of course, of the image. Um, 
When you're making your films, particularly the three that we've discussed, um, how does that process work for you? Is it firstly a visual perspective, and then you sort of fit um, the, the kind of the, the script around what you're doing, or is it is it something that you write first and then you try to fit the images around, or is it like a mixture of both? Um, well. Uh- in both colors of my father and and Lita Moser, I I let the sound I got the sound I recorded the sound, mm-hmm. uh, and then transcribed it and edited that down, and from there I did a storyboard. With the colors of my father, it was easier because it was a man's life story basically from a child's point of view. Lita Moser, I could have gone a million ways, and I only realized to make it personal and put in the thing, the theme of how making the film changed me and how I fell in love with the Quebecois. I only found that at the very end of the, while I was writing the script towards the very end of the process. Hmm. So are you, so when you're recording, you're only recording audio? You, pretty, well for Lita Moser I recorded picture and sound. Sound was separate, but I had a, a video camera going as well. A digital video. I guess I'm trying to ask like, how, how you fill in the, like when we make films. And I, and my video, uh, I decided all the visuals should be animation and photos and no talking heads, like live action talking heads. I decided that when early you, on. When did you decide that? What part of the process did you decide that? Well, my, my visual footage wasn't good at all. Like Lita was 90 and 89 and looked awful, mm. no teeth and really neglected. Mm. And uh, and I, w- I didn't know how to light for an interview, yeah. and my visuals were horrible. I was doing it all myself, and I had no experience or training, and she looked awful. So I decided, well, the, the final footage that I did in 2010 was much better, because I had her, she, she'd cut her hair, and put some makeup on, and we figured out how to place her. And I figured out, I was a one-woman show. Yeah. I did it all, and uh, but I didn't have some of the good stories were recorded the first time I recorded her in 2008, 2008 yeah. when the visuals were horrible. So I decided, well, I'll just go with the sound, and the visuals will be her photos and my animation, and I that decision I made early on because mm-hmm. of the footage I had. And it works well. It works incredibly well. Yeah. It makes it, it more unique. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Has, what has been the most, uh, or where has been the most offbeat place or festival or communication you've received internationally on your, on your films? Has so many uh, people contacted you or where they films shown or well, anything like that? Um, for Colors of My Father, it, it, got, it won all kinds of prizes. And I went to um, Houston and I went to... California, Toronto, I went all over. Uh, so I met people and that was very interesting to get all, all this sort of international approval. Uh, for Mother's Colors, it got into this very strange festival, uh, the Redemptive Film Festival, and it was like mm. a religious group and a religious college that loved it. And I won a big prize there. And so I met some very interesting people, not in my usual circle of filmmakers. They were, I guess, evangelical people. uh, people. 
And cool. that was interesting for me. Um, I, I, that's not for me to be part of a religious group and such a, an extreme, uh, they have like f religious fervor. I don't. That's um, nice that they appreciated the film though. They appreciated the film. There's a universality to it. Yeah. And, and uh, the person who ran the festival was such an interesting, exuberant man. Um, and uh, that was memorable, the Redemptive Film Festival. <laughs> and, film, and, film and Film Option, which is an international distributor, has the lead in Moser film. Have you, yeah. where, what has been the... Well, they don't send their, uh, the filmmakers around because a half-hour film doesn't really make money. Right. Has it been in it with any broadcasters anywhere else outside of Canada, the Lita Moser film? I don't think so, but I don't know. Film Option. Yeah. Get to work. Yeah. Do you know them? They're I used to know, well, Yan Ruyard. I knew, I knew Jan Rufkamp. Oh, uh, was he there? I, I, he's retired. Yeah. He was there. And I, I had a film with, uh, with Film Option. Uh, yeah, anyway. Oh, this is why you keep bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> I had a film with Film Option that... Uh, the Ruyard sisters. Lisanne and yeah, I, I, I had a true crime film. They they took a true crime film from that I that I'd made uh, ten years ago that they had for a year and they couldn't do anything. But now true crime is like the biggest thing in the world now. Can but you do you still own it? Like no, my my the, the guy who produced it, my friend Greg, uh, is I think he's holding on to this idea that he can get it on TV somewhere without. So I I have no. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Mm. I, we could. We should share some. <laughs> I have some horror stories. You have to. We'll have to bring a psychotherapist into the room to, oh, to deal with this. We, we, we can share stories. Just don't mention. Don't do any name drops. Like I'm no, more, no more mentioning film options. To, I'm, I'm going to need more than just. Sued. I'm going to need more than just a microphone. I need a quiet room, not just the microphones uh, okay. off. But uh, yeah, sorry. A padded cell. Padded cell. Padded my head as I tell the story. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah, I mean, when you paint a painting, you don't expect to make millions of dollars. So when you make a film, why should you expect to make millions of Because of, of Hollywood. Right. But we're not Hollywood. And, you know, there isn't big money in the kind of films we make. Right. No. Do you feel like there's a more access to eyeballs now because of the internet? And oh, yes. For sure. Because I've seen some stuff on YouTube which is just beautiful and amazing and it's not funded by the National Film Board or anything like that. They, yes. It's just some kids putting some art out there. Right. And but you do need, I mean, I don't think one person can do it all. Like usually the filmmaker can't also distribute. Right. Because he's off making his next creation. He's doesn't want to spend time, right. you know, knocking on doors. And if he takes doors. the time producing, then he's not creating. Exactly. And if he doesn't like producing, then it becomes so, a soul-sucking kind so of... So I was so happy when Film Option took it. Right. Although I never call them. It's three years. They never call me. I've never seen money. Right. Uh, Film Option. Um, actually, you know, I should call them. I don't even know what, when they're... Their option is over. Listeners, if you're listening to this, contact Film Option and ask no. to see the film. <laughs> yes. Well, but, they're charging enough money. It's like too yeah. much money. Okay. To stream it or to, to stream? To I think if you want to, oh maybe for home use it's okay. much less, okay. but for um, f uh, for educational, yeah, it's like three hundred dollars or something. Right. 
Yeah. So. Which which it's hard for teachers nowadays because they can just go and they can find so much content for other, free. Yeah. But yeah. To pay three hundred dollars for a film is hard. Yeah, for and my film, uh, Lita Moser, would have needed like a salesman or a woman. Right. For sure. Because it's yeah. a quiet, poetic. Uh, yeah. Piece. It's not you know. It's not hard hitting and jazzy. And yeah, every every film needs somebody like that to yeah to promote. And I'm not going to do it because I'm busy with my new stuff. My what fires me now is my memoir. Right. You know, um, not Lita Moser. I've done that. Mm-hmm. Do do you? Who's doing? I mean, you had the producer on uh, on Colors of My Father. Who's doing the budgets? Who's applying to? To Canada Council for the memoir, just just in general, your you know the the films that you've done. Who's doing the, that initial well, budget? Well, Colors and... of My Father, lead, uh, Richard Elson did right. that. And since and he's re- retired now. He I had him help me with Lita Moser a little bit, and he was good in in certain ways. And um, but he's retired now. Um, for my memoir, um, I'm not looking for funding. Um, you know I have. A small pension. Um, I invested my money well, so mm. I have some income there. And uh, I do have. I do. Looking back, I see. I did have a more practical sense. I guess that's from my mother. My mother's side. That that, that project. Yeah. That project. You can. Uh, you can just make it, and you can own it, and just put it on your website. Exactly. Your, or YouTube, or if you have a YouTube channel. And exactly. I don't want to go through now that I'm li- sort of free of that whole scene. I'm very relieved, and I don't want to hmm. go put myself through that again. I mean, you, you know, note, you guys, I have families, right? Wives and children, and yeah. um, I didn't have children. I basically was too busy working. Right. And I married late. Uh, and uh, not that my husband ever supported me, but we're splitting, you know, um, it, it, I've never had to earn lots of money because I've always lived very modestly and splitting the, the, the expenses with my husband is helpful. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, um, and I made some good investments, so. I think yeah. I think your story is, is fascinating, and then what you continue to do, how you use technology. Yeah. Um, Thank you. It's just it's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, hopefully I'll have another fifteen years, twenty years, you know, um, and because uh, I I I really have still a lot to say, and um, it's all at my fingertips because all I really need is my health. I right. don't need. Producers. I don't need outside money. Uh, I don't need a national film board which hires three hundred people. Uh, you know, I need uh, some good equipment and it, a sh- and a, an apartment, a shelter. And good meal. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh yes, there's always good meals. I love cooking and I love eating. <laughs> I guess as a last question, maybe we could ask you what kind of advice you give to somebody who's just starting out now. Because I know you're a teacher for yes. a while. Um, well, persistence is key, and optimism is yeah. key, and uh, being sensitive to the beauty. Um, 
you know, wanting to share who you are with the world. Um, and, you know, be prepared uh, for nastiness. It's part of the scene, you know. And, uh, but, you know, be above it. Float above it. Don't become nasty yourself. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, good work habits, too, you know. And no, we're very, very lucky to be living in Canada, in Quebec, in Montreal, with all this amazing technology at our fingertips for not expensive, you know. We're really very fortunate. We're fortunate people. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Joyce. This was terrific. Yeah, oh, pleasure my pleasure. Before Thank we call you. it quits, is there anything else that we missed? Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, I want to give you a yoga book for your wife <laughs> or your girlfriend. <laughs> so remind me. Um, and anything else? Oh, can we can we talk about Paul Carvalho? Mm-hmm. Yes, we can. Yeah. Well, you you can cut that off yeah. if you. I'll go through it after, and I'll, I'll, yeah. and I'll, I'll for sure we can talk about Paul. I'll cut Absolutely. Us, I'll cut out us asking to talk about yeah. him. Yeah. I kind of. I just I just loved the way he did his dying. I'm so moved. I mean, that last piece that he did that was shown at the memorial, it was just so unique and so touching and so uplifting. Exceptionally brave. Yes. Can and you vulnerable. Do, can you describe it a little bit for the listeners? Yes, well, uh, it was a memorial at a some kind of institution mm-hmm. that um, um, not a not a chapel or but um, and uh, his girlfriend spoke and his brother spoke um, but all all that was more standard yeah. um, you know and funny because apparently he loved to laugh and he enjoyed um, good things in life and. Mm-hmm. So there was humor, um, but then when they when the television came on, on a big screen, there you see Paul talking, um, as if from the dead. With a kind of a slight smirk, uh, because he realized the impact he was having on us, and he, he quickly, he made sure to set the tone, that. We aren't to sob or feel sorry for him. Or they'd had, he'd had a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. He did what he more than he expected to have done. So you, it really drew you in to um, listen to his every word. And uh, it, it, was, it was exemplary. I mean, yeah. you know, if I could die <laughs> and be able to... Um, you know, leave something like that behind. Yeah, it was very, uh, very beautiful. Wow. And uh, maybe someone will, some filmmaker will take excerpts from his movies that he talks about and weave it into, combine it with his memorial piece. And, his final documentary. Yeah, make yeah. it into a bio, a biopic on him. Yeah. I, I don't, I can't. Uh, it's not something I would do. I didn't 
but maybe you guys or somebody. Yeah, we'll just we we know we know his girlfriend Cynthia, fellow yeah. pa fellow painter. So that's something to certainly to consider. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or John Curtin, who was such a good friend, might do something. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good reminder that um, you know whatever job you do, whether it's filmmaking or something else, that it's not it's not just a job. This is this is your life, right? It's, yeah. Um, you're 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 creating as you go. Yes. Yes, but you, you, yeah, well, it's only now that I, you know, I can step back and hmm. have that, like, grand perspective, you know. Well, yeah, right. Because while you're, what, when you're younger, you're so into it, right. and you're not really, you know, you're just overwhelmed by all the blows as they happen. <laughs> you can't step back and, yeah. and you know. You connect the dots afterwards. Right. Yeah. Right. Connecting the dots. Yeah. Uh, mm. And yeah, well, you know, this whole experience with Paul uh, shows me that there's a lot that I left out in my life. You know, like I, uh, I prob I should have become a friend of his over the years. I always knew of him and liked him, uh, you know, a colleague, but I never invited him for supper until he told me he was dying. And then I realized, gee, I have so much in common with this. I you know I was too busy working and mm -hmm. hiding. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, 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 I missed out on an amazing person. You'll have to watch um, some of his films. Yes. Well, I, I saw the Montreal, one of the Montreals, mm -hmm. and the one on Nincheri, who's a church artist. Mm -hmm. and, but I didn't see Black Wave, and I didn't see uh, a lot of the others. And I remember him, actually, from Newswatch, thinking, oh, Paul Carvalho, okay. I always liked when he came on. Nice. Because you could tell he was a warm, humane human being, you know? Yeah. We're lucky that we got to, uh, to, meet, him. to meet him. Yeah, for the listener, if you're tuning into the, to Joyce's podcast, then circle back to the previous, to, to the previous podcast of Paul uh, that we, we did a, a, an interview with him a few, a few weeks before he passed away. Um, but Joyce, at least, you know, you're able to have some closure with him. I mean, to have a little bit of time, which is really great. Yes. So there are regrets, but yeah. at least you're able to have some time with him. Yes. True. And that's always, that's always important as well. Yes. But, and I learned a huge lesson, too. Uh, I've become a nicer person. You know, he, I consider him an example. Hmm. So it's, a, it's, it's the nice Joyce we're meeting now. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I've always been nice, but I, I've been very um, protective of my time. Yeah. You know, I mean, Understand. to get all those drawings done, 12 drawings per second, and I've done many, many animated films, uh, maybe two hours worth, and there's 12 drawings per second. So mm. to get all that done, and since Colors of My Father, all that work, 
I did the technical stuff too, found the music, you know. So it took all it took all my time. You can see it in the work that it's yes, eh? how so, it is. Detailed. So people have to yeah, they have to look at my work to know who I am more more than just to meet me. Cause uh I've had to sacrifice a, a social life really to get it all done. Mm -hmm. But you enjoy it. I enjoyed, yeah. It's, it's like uh, eighty hours of meditation a week. Right. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, sounds very it's very peaceful. <laughs> it's very. <laughs> no phone calls. No nothing. So. Yeah. Good. Thank you, Joyce. Oh, my pleasure. Well, you guys are great interviewers. I had lots of fun. Yes, good questions. Thank you so much for having us, and maybe yeah. now we'll have a collaboration. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, really. Yes. Uh, okay. We're completely sure. serious. Okay. Sure. Evan will. Evan will. will think of uh, what to, what our next project is. Mm. Yes. Right? Yes. Evan's the brains of the operation. No. Oh. Not true. I just do the, the button pushing. Not true. Come Would on. you like to um, see Sharpen a well?